So today we continue our study of the Dhammapada on with verse number 24 which is as follows Uthanena pamadena sanyamena damena cha dipankairatha medhavi yang ogo nabikirati which means through striving and heedfulness uh, restraint and training one a wise man should make an island for themselves that the flood that the flood will not overcome or will not wash away or will not uh, cover over will not be carried away by the flood so this was told in regards to a monk who was a an arahant who became an arahant after failing to learn a single stanza so how the story goes is he and his brother became monks they had been uh, raised by their grandparents um, their their mother had run away with with a servant and had lost all of her um, re repute with the family so so in the end she had to send, she had no money and no nowhere to live so she had to send the children back to live with their grandparents and so the grandfather was a, a disciple of the Buddha and so he would take his grandchildren to listen to the Buddha teach and so the elder son Mahapantaka became a, a monk and through his practice of the Buddha's teaching became an arahant and he thought to himself wouldn't it be great if I could give this to my younger brother so he uh, convinced his grandfather to let his uh, let the let his brother become a monk and he taught his he, he taught his younger brother this stanza he tried to teach him this stanza that was basically praise of the Buddha and for four months every time he would learn the first line remember the first line then he would go on to memorize the second line and as soon as he memorized the second line he'd forgotten the first line there's a four lines stanza just like the one that I gave was a, uh, I think a two line stanza so like just twice as much of that and for four months he couldn't memorize it and the uh, story goes that in the in the past in a past life he had he had uh, he had been a good monk but he, he had always looked down upon those monks and just disparaged those monks who who couldn't memorize things uh, and, and laugh about them and so on and brag about it and so on and so as a result he became dumb in his past in his next life as a monk uh, and so he became quite discouraged and his older brother figured that his figured that this monk was was a dullard was useless and so he said he said look for four months you've you gained nothing and he said uh, you're better off not to be a monk and so the younger brother was quite dejected but he didn't take his brother seriously until he heard that his brother 
was responsible for his brother was responsible for organizing meals. So when they went to people's houses, uh, this the the elder brother would would organize monks to go. And so one day, this lay person, I think Anathapindika, uh, came to invite them to his house, and he said to the older brother, "Please, how many monks do you have? Uh, bring bring all the monks together with the Buddha for tomorrow's meal." And the older brother said. Well, my younger brother is not a real monk, so I'll, I'll accept the invitation for everybody but him. And the younger brother was sitting there and he heard this, and at that point he became quite dejected. He said, my brother says I'm not a real monk. And so he decided that he better quit, he better disrobe. But the truth is he was happy being a monk. And he didn't have a problem, he just, he, he, and, he and his brother ha had this idea that somehow you had to memorize. It may also have been that his older brother was thinking that this would make him uh, go to see the Buddha and the Buddha would give him a meditation object because that's what happened. The Buddha found out about this and saw him walking around dejected or, or uh, you know, about to leave and he went up to see him and he, he said to him, what's wrong? And he said, oh, I, I can't memorize even a single stanza and my brother says I'm useless and I should leave, the, leave and, and disrobe. And the Buddha said, that's not what makes a real monk. He said, you don't become a monk just from memorizing. He said, here, let, 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 me, let me help you. And he, he took a cloth, he took this white cloth, clean, pure white cloth, and he gave it over to him. And he said, go stand in the sun, hold this white cloth and say to yourself, and, and, and rub it, you know, rub it with your, between your hand and say, rajol haranang, rajol haranang, which means taking out the dirt rubbing out the dirt and he sent him off to practice it practice this meditation so repeating to himself taking out the dirt taking out the dirt and then the Buddha went off to uh, to accept this invitation now what happened was he went off into the sun and he's sitting he's standing there and of course the sun comes up and it's getting hot and sweating and as his hands start to sweat, the, the cloth becomes soiled, becomes impure, becomes, you know, loses its white color. And he, he looks at this and he starts to, to become, well, turned off, of course, because it's a beautiful white cloth and suddenly it starts to get ugly. And so he's standing there saying, taking out the dirt, taking out the dirt, and here's this cloth getting dirty right before his eyes. And as a result, this starts to, to open up his mind and... and, and uh, you know his attachment to the cloth and and to, to the idea of purity uh, starts to to be loosened. So his his mind starts to calm down as a result. The the cravings in his mind start to go away. And the Buddha finds out about this, and the Buddha sends him this telepathic uh, projection. So he sees suddenly he sees the Buddha, and the Buddha says, Chulapantaka it is raga, raga rajo, rajo. He says, this is a play on words, rago, rago, rajo. The, the dirt he's talking about is lust. Lust it is that's dirt. Lust is another word for dirt. And he said, by, by understanding this, one should take out the dirt. Take out the dirt that is lust. And then he says, doso, rajo, dosa, anger is dirt. And moha. His dirt. So these three things, and he 
So he helps him to, to, to look, and then so Tula Pandaka looks inside, and he becomes an arahant by listening to this teaching of the Buddha. The Buddha said, it's not this dirt on the, on, on the cloth that we're talking about. The dirt that we want to take up out is our cravings, our attachments. So attachment to the beauty of the cloth, attachment to the beauty of the body, it's also helping to see the impurity in the body. And so as a result of seeing that, he became an arahant. Now the Buddha was off, off at this invitation and Anatta Pindika came to offer the food and uh, he was going to, he came over and he comes to offer this, they have this ceremonial water that they pour, they pour when they give a gift. But the Buddha covered, covered the bowl, his bowl with his hand and said, Anatta Pindika, uh, the, the, the Sangha is not complete, not, not everyone is here. And Anatta Pindika looked at uh, looks at Mahapantika and said, are all the monks here? Mahapan Mahapantika said, all the monks are here. The, and uh, and the Buddha said, there's still a monk left in the monastery. And so Anattapindika sent a man to the monastery to find out. Now the story goes that Tulapantika, uh, when he became an arahant, he also gained magical powers. So he had, he had you know, several... And also he gained knowledge of the Pitakas. So he gained quite a, um, an array of mental powers. He lost all of this, um, this cloudiness in the mind, so the, the stupidity left him. He was no longer a dullard and he was able to remember the whole of the Buddha's teaching. Everything that he had heard, ever heard the Buddha's teaching, Buddha teach, suddenly it came back to him when he became enlightened because his mind became clear. And so, and also he had these magical powers, so he knew what his brother was saying. And he said, my brother said there's no monks here. And suddenly he made a resolve that the whole monastery should be full of monks. And there were a thousand, suddenly there were a thousand monks filling Jetavan at this monastery. Some of them were dyeing their clothes, some of them were washing their clothes, some of them were sweeping, some of them were meditating, some of them were sitting, some of them were doing walking. And this man came and saw all these monks and he went back and he said, there's a thousand monks in the monastery. And to Anattapindaka, and Anattapindaka told this to the Buddha and the Buddha said, go and, go and uh, tell them that you want Tulapantaka. And so the man went back to Jetavan and he said, uh, where is Tulapantaka? And all one thousand of them said, I'm Tulapantaka, I'm Tulapantaka. And so he went back again and he told Anattapindaka what to do. They're all Chulapantaka. So the, the whole point is to, to, sh to show his brother that he's not useless and to uh, make clear what, uh, what the, tr the truth is. And the Buddha, so the Buddha says, no, no, go and, and say it again, ask it again. And the first one who says, I am Chulapantaka, grab onto his robe. And so he went back and he grabbed and he, he said, Who's Chulap where's Chulapantaka? And they all said, I am Chulapantaka. And he, but he saw the one who said it first and he grabbed him by the rope and suddenly all the rest disappeared and he said, please come, the Buddha is waiting for you. And so they invited him to, to, invited him to go. And then after the, after the meal, uh, everyone was kind of not sure who is, you know, is this, is this guy a real monk or is he not a real monk? And the Buddha said, uh, at the end of the meal, he said, Chulapantaka, please you give the give the thanksgiving. So you give the talk after the meal. Because after they had a meal, they would always give a talk to the lay people. 
and Julep, and so the older brother and everyone was thinking, what's he going to talk about? He's, he doesn't, he can't even remember a single stanza. And suddenly he gives this talk about everything the Buddha taught, and he goes through the whole of the three Tipitaka. And everyone realizes, wow, he's, something has changed, that he, he has become enlightened. And the story goes on to, to explain why he, he became like he was. The story goes that in the past he was a king, and he had this idea of, of uh, impurity, because he was, it was so hot. he was going on a voyage through the city as the king, you know, going on a tour to see what was going on in the city. And it was very hot, and so he started sweating, and he wiped his face with this pure cloth, and he saw it get dirty, and he realized that this is the way with everything. Nothing stays pure and perfect. Everything is subject to change. And so that, that's what the Buddha saw when he gave him this cloth. He saw that in his past he had... Uh, he had already used this meditation subject. So then the monks were talking about this. How could it be that he couldn't even memorize this single stanza? How could it be that he is able to, to make this, this refuge for himself and become, you know, find the ultimate refuge and become free from suffering without even being able to memorize a single stanza? And the Buddha said, it's not by listening, it's not by memorizing, it's not by all of this. The, the way a person is able to make a refuge for themselves, an island for themselves, is through four things, through effort, through uh, heedfulness, through uh, restraint, and through training. And he said, this is how a wise one makes an island for themselves. And then he said the verse, Uttanena pamadena sanyamena damena cha dipankairatamedhavi yang ogo nabi kirati. Which means precisely that, that these four things lead one to make an island for oneself. So that's briefly the story. As to the meaning of it, this is a really important verse and one that is wonderful for us, if you can remember, to remember it, or at least keep in mind what are these four things. Because even just rem reminding yourself of this teaching is uh, of great use for us in meditation. The first one, utanena, with effort when we're able to put out the effort in the practice. That this, is the ne this is necessary. This is the way that a person makes a refuge for themselves or makes an island of themselves. When a person... Uh, so what is it? First of all, the, what we mean by island here is we're talking about a person becoming enlightened. And why we mean island, um, and the Buddha uses this simile of the island and the flood. So uh, all beings, the, the, we understand samsara is like a flood or it's like an ocean and the ocean is drowning us or we're, we're swimming about in this ocean aimlessly the whole of the universe the whole of samsara you can't find a purpose you can't find an aim whatever you aim for whatever you go for whatever you reach whatever you attain becomes meaningless and it's like a f carried away by the flood whatever you build up whatever great things cities or palaces or learning that you gain, it all disappears. Anything you remember, eventually you forget. Everything you create, eventually is destroyed. So it's like an ocean, and there's nothing to hold on to. There's nothing that is a secure refuge. You build up a refuge, it disappears. It leaves, leaves you without. So the finding of the real refuge is like building an island, or, or, or finding an island that the flood can't overcome. That no matter how much the waves come, or tsunami, or or any kind of tides of any sort, 
can't overcome this island. This is what we're all looking for in life. We're trying to find the stability and the security. The Buddha said the way to find this is by these four things. So, uttana means effort, that we have to work hard. That uh, this is the work that, that we see that Chulapantaka did, that it wasn't effort at studying, it wasn't effort at, uh, at in, uh, in, in arts or in uh, being a monk or so on. It was effort in seeing the truth and in cleaning out the stains inside. So just this practice of meditation and then going through, moment by moment, going through his mind, seeing the lust, seeing the anger, seeing the delusion that was in his mind and weeding it out, rooting it out. This is the effort that he put out. This is the effort that we all need. We have to, uh, we have to do the work. So this is what it means to meditate. When we talk about meditation, some people, they say, being, being mindful doesn't require meditation. A person can just be mindful in daily life, and that's enough to become enlightened. And the truth is, it's, it's possible, but it's, it's, it's very, very difficult. Uh, it, it actually takes a lot of work, and you have to actually do something to, to raise yourself up. People say that just naturally it comes, you can naturally become enlightened, and that's quite misleading and I think quite inaccurate. The person has to work. This is what we mean by the word practicing meditation, or the word meditation it means to apply yourself to the practice. The second one, apamada. Apamada means the clarity of mind, or the, the mindfulness. So, in not just pushing yourself to practice meditation, but actually bringing the mind back and, and guarding the mind. The mind, uh, applying the mind to the object, and when you see something, clearly knowing that this is seeing. When you hear something, knowing this is hearing, being with reality from moment to moment and not letting yourself slip away. The, the, the mindfulness, or what we call, what we call sati, you know, reminding yourself, this act of reminding yourself of what's going on, this is what we mean by heedfulness, being heedful, being aware of the object. The third one, sanyamena. Sanyamena means keeping the mind from getting distracted. So in, at the same time that we're, be, we're watching the object, we have to watch ourselves when we get distracted. So Sanyamena means, uh, or, or it means uh, keeping the mind within boundaries. So not letting the mind wander, not following after things that you see or things that you hear, not getting caught up in random thoughts or daydreams or so on. This is Sanyamena, uh, keeping the mind restrained. And the fourth one that goes quite along with with sanyamena and, and means very much the same thing as dhammena, dhamma. But dhamma is more like training yourself so that the mind doesn't run away, so that the mind doesn't get distracted. Sanyamena is guarding it so it doesn't get distracted. Dhammena is the, the aspect of the practice that changes the mind, straightens the mind, so that the mind no longer wants to go away, wants to be distracted, no longer wants to follow after daydreams or or addictions or desires or so. Basically this refers to the practice of meditation and put out the effort in the practice and then you know, apply yourself correctly in the practice. You guard yourself from getting distracted and train yourself so that in the end you don't want to become distracted so that your mind is uh, focused and, and resolute and intent upon the, the object. This is how, really how Chula Pantaka, even though the text doesn't go into detail, this is how he became enlightened. Because 
when the Buddha started explaining to him what he was seeing, this change that was going, going, undergoing, uh, was going on in the cloth, and also in his mind, when the mind started to lose its interest and its attachment to the beautiful cloth, uh, was was that you know, it's the greed, it's the anger, it's the delusion that we're that that we're trying to change that that is changing here, until eventually your mind simply knows the object for what it is, and so. He applied himself to this with effort, with mindfulness, clearly aware this is greed, this is anger, this is delusion, this is seeing, this is hearing, this is smelling, this is tasting, and so on. Uh, and guarding, his, guarding himself and training himself in this way. And as a result, he became an arahant. So, just another small teaching and one that's very important for us as meditators, something that we can all take to heart. So that's our teaching on the Dhammapada for today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening and for joining us today. Now we can go back to our practice.